today um hopefully people have made some successful trades i was gonna cover like i don't know if you guys picked up the apollo airdrop yet um the only people that that would be relevant to are people who are on like um i believe people who had assets either on terra with luna or who had um who had apollo dow coins back on apollo dow back in the day um i gotta drop a lot of money so i don't know what <laughs> i don't know what uh is going on exactly but um like you know there's different approaches to dealing with the airdrop they <clears throat> they released basically on uh coin gecko very early so you can actually see their market cap and everything and apollo release in such a way that the entire token supply is sort of released all at once so there's not like any team tokens and shit so they had a kind of a, a fair valuation for this thing essentially and um um i felt like the market cap of this thing was too high i don't remember where i looked it up but it was kind of like zephyr's market cap but I mean, like Apollo is not anywhere near like the level of project. It's basically like a little DAO type thing. Anyway, so I took my airdrop and I actually converted it to Adam. So I did the cardinal sin of selling the airdrop with the thinking that I could probably buy it back at some point lower um, as some of the sort of airdrop sell pressure settles in. Um, the Apollo team's good, though. They're good people. They've been around quite a bit. <clears throat> and um, I don't know like how useful Apollo DAO is going to be, but it's basically going to be on Neutron. So the whole thing is like you connect your Terra wallet, you sign that, and then that creates like some kind of message that then goes to Neutron. You have to have some Neutron tokens in your Neutron wallet to sign that shit. And it's a bit of a, a bit of a pain in the ass to sort of get the job done, but I was able to sort of sort that out and get everything connected and like get the airdrop. So there's a couple of, because you're basically interacting with two separate chains. Apollo Dow was on Terra and now I believe it's going to be on Neutron. And that's why um, there's this like extra step of connecting um, two separate addresses or whatever, especially because your Terra address is not likely to be the same as your other Cosmos addresses, unless you made them all at once. Anyway, so there's that. <clears throat> um, so like, a lot of the alts and stuff uh, pulled back pretty good, um, some more than others. Like I was just looking at something like Adam, which, you know, looks like shit for the most part. It's like pulled back to its, uh, it pulled back to its first like fib off of its bottom, which is pretty weak. So if you think about dividing up a <coughs> any asset, there's basically, so the bottom price 
of a swing low, then there's one, two, three, four, five fibs, and then there's like the the 1.0, which is basically back to all time high. And um, the bottom for Adam's example is five point five dollars, and now it's at nine point two six two after like I don't know, like a fucking year and a half. So it's like pretty weak performer. Now, if you stake it, of course, you're getting staking rewards off of it, and therefore those are running at about fourteen percent. And if you held this for the last few years, your your um, your actual cost basis, like you may your position may be over twelve bucks already, even though the price is actually nine. But either way, like um, Adams has had a really tough time, even with the early rally of this year. Um, it it pulled from like six back up to about twelve um, off its sort of recent bottom. But you know that's kind of an okay move. You could argue that's very similar to a lot of other coins, but still um, not very impressive. And um, like even stuff like Doge, for example, it pumped the minute like Twitter said something about like this, you know, X finance app or whatever you want to call it, the payments app <clears throat> for this platform. And even that like pumped from like immediately from, I think it was around 79 cents. It pumped to like nine cents and dumped immediately back down, like all the way back to 0. 0.076 cents or 7.6 cents. So it's interesting how quickly, um, like these pump and dumps were happening. It's just like people just exerting leverage and then, um, you know, pull in their orders once they feel like they made a profit or whatever. There's pure momentum trades is where these, um, where this sort of comes from. Um, <clears throat> let's see what else is happening here. So BTC just kind of made it over 50, 40,000 again. It pretty much uh, landed right on its fib, which is at 39 K and then kind of like caught a little bounce here. Um, it's under its 50 day moving average now, but over its 200 day. So it's kind of in that la la land of, where would that always makes people nervous. Like anytime something is above the 50 day moving average and just sort of climbing, people are really happy. You know, it's parties everywhere. And, you know, you usually get like a couple of months of, you know, forward price action upward. And then you go below the 50 day moving average and like, uh Oh, you know, is this going to be the reversal that does this all in? Is it just going to be another dip and it goes on up again? What you don't really know is like how much more money is coming to the market. You just don't know for sure. So like you can do all sorts of TA and bullshit and, you know, see what Jim Cramer says and whatever else. But the reality is um, none of these people really know what new money is going to come in a month from now, two months from now, three months from now. Who the fuck knows that? Um, and retail and, and everybody tend to be a bit late. Right. So like if you have a happening year like this coming year, um, prices could go sideways. Sure. And, you know, if like um, if BTC drops below. <clears throat> the 200 day moving average um, it's done this before. Like it did this back in August or whatever um, and still kind of rallied above. Um, so, you know, is it going to do the same thing again, which puts BTC at like 32 K and then run up again, if very well could, but typically these sort of like dips and rallies, that's like a cup that takes about three to six months to play out. So it's really slow, really. Um, like take for example BTC when it went came back up to like thirty one k, then it dipped and then it went back up, then it dipped and went back up. And how much time elapsed during that time? That was like April all the way to breaking that again, which is October. 
So you're really talking about a good six months for these dips. They're not short, so you can't really panic about these things. What happens is, is if you're watching prices every day and you have a pretty big bag of altcoins and shit, you're like, you know, it's like you're running around, your eyeballs bleeding. Because the the price action, of course, all alts are basically leverage plays on BTC. And when BTC drops, everything else drops a lot. <clears throat> so BTC might drop like, I don't know, 30%, but then your alts might drop 50 so it freaks everyone out. Um, what you don't want to have happen is you, if you have pretty good conviction alts, you don't want to sell the bottom on these fucking things. Like even if you have to wait six months, even after wait a year or whatever, the, you know, the, you don't want to sell the bottom. And the reason like people will try to sell and go, Ooh, I'm going to sell buyback lower. Like I'm going to, you know, the momentum look like it's down and crypto with Twitter said so and shit. Um, I would very, very strongly caution that sort of behavior now. Like that would might have been interesting, like back in 2021, you know, as you know, after you had a mega giga bull run and everyone was pure FOMO mode. But you do that shit now. Um, you had like a year and a half of consolidation of bear market. And again, the, despite what you see on crypto Twitter and other BS, the reality is, is that like the probability of upside is actually higher than downside just by probability. If you just say a year from now, we're more likely to be higher or lower. Odds are higher, especially in a happening year. You know, so, you know, you know, anything can happen. So it's, I'm just saying odds are higher. That doesn't mean it's, everything's going to for sure be higher. But the point is like, like, let's say you bought something like, you know, chain link it topped out about 17 dollars so far let's say you bought it at 15 bucks like i did I've, I've got a pretty sizable bag at 15 bucks it's now at 14.37 am i worried about it you know am i just coping to you guys saying i'm not worried about it no like if it goes down to 10 bucks fine whatever i just add some more on the way down you know i have a bag at seven i've got a bag at 15 and you know so somewhere in between i, I can always get more no big deal um if you panic and go oh shit my bag's down 100 grand or a million dollars whatever it is uh, then <clears throat> you're going to basically like just panic for no reason. You just have to be used to, um, especially if you have large bags, you got to be used to your money going up and down a lot by now. If you're not, I don't know what the fuck to tell you. Like, you know, get out of this space <laughs> pretty much get out of uh, crypto. You just haven't figured this shit out yet. Um, so yeah, you'll, you'll, um, get into modes. You're like, you'll FOMO, you'll buy too high. You'll maybe not have as much conviction at the very bottom, but then develop it later. And then by that point you bought too much high and then the price drops and shit. All that stuff is pretty common. Like, I wouldn't worry about it too much. Um, the re what you don't want to do is basically just, like, hand over your bag to people for cheap after buying it more expensive. Um, the way market makers work is, like, if you are buying at the very bottom at supports, you're actually taking money from them. And you're making them poor. If you market buy, like, closer to tops, like, for example, like, where you might have almost breakouts, you're actually paying them. And it actually benefits them to actually have the price go down so they can buy back the same coins at a lower price. This is how that works. So it's like they like if you if you want your coin price to go up in theory, you would behave like a market maker and you would go in there and let's say, you know, you have Chainlink or whatever. You're not sure what price you want it at, but you know what? I've got some money laying around. I'm going to leave a limit order in there for $12, right? Like at, at at the fib level so then what happens is is that the more limit orders that accumulate the market makers say wait a minute like we can't make money if everyone is like parked with orders at that level so what will they do they'll move their orders up right because they want to front run your orders that are sitting there or the community's orders or whoever and um you know so they're relying upon essentially 
market buys and market sells to sort of make them wealthy. So the more people that buy at near a breakout thinking that the price is going to break out, the more likely it actually could not, it might not break out because basically the market makers are getting rid of all of their coins and their interest at that point is to have the price go down. And there's a variety of ways they do that. And one of the ways they do that is they take, they do a bunch of scammy shit, like they'll take their limit orders and they'll move them way down. So on the order book, it'll look like, oh, there's nobody wanting to buy this thing. And they'll move them down to like, let's say Chainlink, they'll move their orders down to seven bucks. And you're like, what the fuck? There's no buyers. It's, you know, like, I, you know, the price is going to fall all the way to seven. No, it's not. That is all just shenanigans designed to sort of take your money. And this is why looking at order books is not as useful as you might think. It's, it's a lot of like whoever can manipulate the order book to look however they want. Um, the people with the most money can actually make it look you know, bullish or bearish, depending on how they feel like making it look. And that's where you gotta be careful. But generally, like if you're doing market orders and things and you're doing it at, uh, like at, you know, at support levels near bottoms, then um, that's a good thing. You don't want to be buying after like a run up. If you're buying spot, you want to buy them only on pullbacks. And ultimately that's more bullish for the actual coin, the more people to do that. But, you know, how much impact are you individually going to have? Not very much. But the people that actually drive the price up are the dip buyers, not the people that are top buyers necessarily. Hopefully this makes sense to everybody. Like there's, it's just the way market making works. You know, if you're the person on the other side of that trade and you're, you're only in it for Delta neutral, you're not in it to make money off the coin. You just want to make money off, off the trades on the fees and off the, off the um, slight differences in prices. Then in order to do that, you have to, um, you, you can't have too much of a book where like, like, let's say you're a market maker for a link. You have to be fairly balanced in terms of how much stables you have and how much link you have. You can't just be like all in link. That's not how you'd market make. So they have to stay more delta neutral. And, um, and uh, if you're a large enough uh, organization, you can do all sorts of shit like short the coin and whatever somewhere else if you're feeling like you're upsides. So if, you, if you're kind of like, if you have the size to manipulate the market, and you know a market moves in a direction that you did not expect as a market maker then um, you wind up having situations where um, you know they have to try to catch up and um, get their books straightened out anyway just some interesting things but um, yeah you can definitely like uh, the more that you take from market makers near the bottom uh, the better off like generally <laughs> and also like if you're taking coins off the bottoms then you're actually getting more coins for the money and you're taking that out of circulation and you're sticking your wallet or whatever so that helps as well um taking the circulating supply and getting getting off exchanges um so that can contribute so if you want to like do simple stuff to contribute to the value of your community or your coin take the coins that you get move them off exchanges Again, whatever. Anyway, um, oh, Blaze, uh, thank you for about uh, DMing me about that Apollo airdrop, by the way. I did pick it up. It's going well. Um, its market cap was kind of silly. I think it was like 40 mil or something. So I was like, this is kind of stupid. It makes more sense to, it actually dropped to 28 million. Um, but I actually sold my airdrop with the thinking I'll just buy it back lower um, as it as it dips. Because like, the market cap made zero sense for what the thing is like for the project actually. So it's like, it's not worth $40 million. Like, you know, you know, it's like a simple little Dow token. Um, anyway, so 
in either case, um, um, good things to say about the Apollo team, though. They're good people. Um, yeah, it's, you know, the, the whole point of releasing these coins is to let you do whatever you want with them. And it's not automatically your job to hodl them necessarily. If you um, sell them by buy them back lower and you're more diamond handed than the next guy, you're actually helping the system, not harming it. Interestingly enough, um, the initial chart may not look exciting, but then again, like um, it generally won't because like Apollo's on neutron. There's not much to do there yet. Um, anyway, it's like, you know how these prices go. They don't, they don't make any sense. Um, let's see any other interesting things happening. Um, let's see what, like what happened to some other coins here. Um, I was right about that fetch AI token that, you know, that it seemed like it was going to pull back and it went from like 0.79. It's dropped all the way to 0.53. And then like its next fib down is about 0.40. I bought the thing originally at 0.40, uh, hoping that the thing would run to all time high. It still could like it's, um, still just below its 50 day moving average. Um, still floating way above its 200 day moving average and it still could but I think it needs to cool down. Like if you just look at it in general, it looks like it's going to do like a cool down for the next, who knows how many could be as up to six months. Could it break our prior high at some point in the future? It could, or it could just simply run out of steam because nobody gives a shit about the AI narrative necessarily. So that's the thing with that one. It's a gamble on it's sort of early bullishness and, and attention and crypto wizard and whoever pumping the thing. Um, is there enough money to make that thing keep pumping higher? I'm not sure. So I figured I would sell it. I sold it at like, um, when I talked about it on space, I sold it at like 70 cents. I bought it at 40. And then like, um, if it, if it dips down to maybe 40 cents, um, at this sort of fib support. And by that point, 200 day moving average will be right about there. It probably is a good buy again at about 40 cents. And even that is kind of a maybe, because if it loses that, and then it will lose its lower fit below that, which is 17 cents, um, and it will, it'll drop, drop all the way down to like nine cents. So it'll get a it'll get obliterated if it goes down fast. Um, so I don't know how it's going to perform for sure, but you know, is it going to be like a bull market favorite going forward, like the next couple of years? I don't know about that. It's a big maybe. It was a gamble on Crypto Wizard, honestly, and I'm not sure how much. If maybe like all his influence has already been initiated, like maybe that price already incorporates all of his shilling. So maybe like, I don't know, it's, it's a maybe. I know I took my fetch and I bought Chainlink with it is what I did because it's just a safer bet at this point. Um, so I kind of like just moved that, those gains into that. Um, same thing with like Akash. Akash, I sold it at like 310. It's now about 264. And uh, so, again, these micro caps or these mid caps are going to pull back a lot. Um, it's It bounced off about 50-day moving average. And I don't know. I'm not feeling strongly that there's a huge new set of buyers for that either. And I think it needs to correct big time as well. It's probably um, down to about a buck 40, maybe to the 200-day moving average at least. It hasn't touched its 200-day moving average since freaking you know, like 5 to 2023. So we're talking about like from may onward it's been just straight bullish and it just needs a cool down almost assuredly <laughs> and and not only that but it's um it's market cap is like way overvalued for what it does so it's one of those things where um you know it's like narrative runs are very speculative runs and are they going to hit prior highs 
maybe. Um, how long is that going to take? I don't know. Like it could drag for quite some time now. We'll see. Um, other stuff like let's see what happened to Injective. So I originally bought Injective at twenty five. Um, when it started rolling over at the top, um, I ultimately sold it for about forty cents. Um, I'm not forty cents, forty dollars. So I made a little bit of positive gain there, and then I took that and I just bought some more Zephyr at some point, which also went down more. So it's fine, but um, but I bought it with some gains, like about because uh, Zephyr is riskier in a sense because smaller cap, so it's going to dip a lot more. But I bought it with some things that are already in gain. Um, so injective, I don't know, it's whatever. Um, I've always been kind of like, if it was going to run to prior high very quickly, or I'm sorry, run up its fibs to like 90 bucks quickly, I was all in. But at this point, like, is it going to go sideways for a period of time? Probably like, you know, it's sort of like lost its momentum along with other things, volumes across all coin space, total three are falling off. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if like alts went sideways to like, I don't know, who knows, September even. Um, hard to really say, um, especially the ones that already ran. So I'm, I'm really like subdividing the shit that's already gone up compared to the stuff that hasn't gone up at all or barely moved. Um, like, you know, Dogecoin, Litecoin, Atom, these things have barely moved. So they're on the one hand, relatively low risk for downside, but at the same time, you don't know for sure what kind of attraction those things are going to have to the upside later, um, as sort of like quote unquote dino coins. Um, like part of the reason I went sort of heavy bullish on link more so lately is because like, I'm having a hard time finding a lot of shit to love in the crypto space. And, you know, like things that actually have lots of announcements, things that have a lot of real stuff opening up. Um, like, I don't know. It's it, if, if we get a run through the summer, like just looking at the link chart, it looks like the most likely one to have kind of a DeFi summer, just like it did in 2020. So in 2020, if, I don't know if you guys were here, but like there was a big run up for Chainlink. It was relatively new at the time. So it's like a, it was kind of like the popular shiny new object thing. And it ran up heavy before the, the Gigabull run started in 2021. And um, it actually front ran a lot of the other things. And then what it did was during the, the actual bull run, especially Bitcoin's double top. The second time BTC ran up to 70K, Chainlink just got faltered. It just dragged and it, it didn't even like double top just like BTC did. And I don't know like who was dumping it or whatever, but the point is that it, it, um, it's, it like didn't, it underperformed the latter half of the bull run. And this could possibly happen to a lot of the coins that have run so far. Like there's no guarantee that like you're, your Solanas, your fetches, your injectives, whatever, they're going to actually perform well during the bull run because they're like, if we have a BTC pullback, people will be like, Oh, that's a low risk thing. These things over here that have run up a ton already, do they, are they really worth gajillions of billions of dollars of market cap? Probably not. And there's not a, it's not obvious that those will catch a bid necessarily. Um, especially cause some of these protocols, there's not much shit to do on them, like like a neutron or a, or an injective or whatever. Maybe there's a meme coin here and there, and there's like a dex or some shit, some random junk junk coins to sort of trade around. 
but like very few of them offer anything really, really like great where you're like, oh my God, I have to own this. This is going to be the next fucking thing since sliced bread. It's going to be amazing. Like I don't, you don't, I don't get that feel from too many things. Like I think that feel I get a bit from, you know, a little bit from Zephyr because it's really useful. Even then that didn't prevent it from like doing a drawdown from like $52 all the way to now $12.50, which is a pretty shitty drawback. Like, and I think that's just timing and it just happens to be how the market is right now. And, um, when BTC kind of drags, it kind of pulls it down with it. Um, it's breakout for Zephyr was like six bucks. It's now at 12. So I think you'll find increasing buyers as you get close to this breakout. So, um, it seems like, you know, can it hold like $9 and 80 cent fib? I don't know. Is it just going to turn around at this level? I don't know. It's been kind of bleeding out a bit and, um, Volume sort of has picked up with each of these little dips, but then it hasn't held. So we'll just have to see how that goes. But um, anyway, but like all coin stuff, I think will run again. Everything has its time. Um, hard to know exactly when, um, but um, I think like more money has to come into the market. I think the a lot of the pumps so far have been kind of PVP. Like take, for example, the link run, uh, which kind of ran like starting, you know, early October. I think one of the reasons why Link ran, I didn't realize this at the time, but Bankless had Sergey Navrov on like right around that time. And then like a few days after that, the thing starts running. So I think like, what does that imply? Bankless is a bunch of existing crypto dorks, right? Those existing crypto dorks go and watch, you know, Bankless and they're like, fuck it, we're going to dive into to Chainlink because it looks interesting. So then it runs, you know, so like it's, if you look at some of the stuff that's pumped, they've pumped with truly like only crypto natives buying it. Like you think a whole bunch of new people bought Kujira, get the fuck out of here. You think a whole bunch of new crypto newbies bought Zephyr? Probably not. You think a bunch of crypto newbies bought Chainlink and, you know, while, while watching Bankless, I doubt it, right? Like these are all like subscribers and existing um, users that see this shit and then go buy, right? Uh, that's At least that's my theory. Like I, I don't think that stuff attracts a lot of newbies just yet. Um, and that could also be evidenced by the fact that like Google trends has not shown a lot of search hits for, you know, like when newbies show up and they Google stuff, right. That's, that's what tells you the newbies are in the game. You haven't seen very much of that yet. So I think like this has all been kind of bit PVP. And I think this coming year is going to be about like attracting, you know, uh, more friends and family and whoever, you know, in, in, you know, people, the network effect is going to bring new money in as, as people talk about it and whatever. And I think um, the ideal time to tell friends and shit is during pullbacks. Like, you know, if you're if your um, portfolio looks wrecked, then tell your friends to go buy whatever the fuck else. Right. Like that's exactly who your friends should benefit from your pain, ideally. And then that what happens is, is those become happy crypto users because now they, they got a deal. In fact, they got a deal even better than you. And uh, it's fine. Right. Like they'll they'll. Um, you know, that that's, it works out well because everyone's happy when their number's going up. Uh, people are not happy when number goes down. So like you want to tell people to shit right at these bottoms, um, or at least something perceived to be a bottom. Um, but anyway, like, uh, but getting back to chain link for a minute, like the, the price action has been actually quite good. The last BTC dump, um, like chain link dropped to $12 on January 3rd. For this dump, um, so far, it only made it to 13.58. And uh, so BTC is doing better. And on top of that, um, 
uh, chain links putting in higher high higher lows and um uh, chain link is notorious for doing this shit by the way it'll go to 20 and then it'll go to 10 it's like the volatility is obscene in, in within a month and it'll shake people out big time because they'll just go completely panic they're like oh you said to buy 15 and i bought a whole bunch and now my portfolio has been cut in half or whatever um it's like it's amazing how fast this thing moves up and down so you just have to like really get some steel balls to watch these things um it's just like a part and parcel of like the space and the volatility anyway but like chain one i kept adding to and man are they releasing a lot of shit god damn like between all the different things that are adding ccip um there's another thing called chain link automations which is like off-chain execution and like they just announced that Coinbase is, um, what do you call it? The base, you know, blockchain or whatever you call it. Um, it's the base or I forget what it's called. The block shit. I forget the name of it. Anyway, um, their block, the coin it's base. is a base. Yeah. Their, their blockchain yeah. has just incorporated some elements of Chainlink as well. So yeah, just constantly bullish, um, like information. And they've done a dramatically better job of running their fucking Twitter page, like Twitter thing they're releasing something interesting and new and animations and cool shit all the time. And man, you should never in crypto underestimate a shield cartel. Like, and, and Coinbase sent out this thing that would you like to be a, you know, Coinbase like community partner or some shit? Like, why don't you just say shield cartel, but they're basically like a community advocate they're trying to, to set up so that they can kind of like, it's like, I guess people that are going to help with, either shilling or making YouTube videos or something. I'm not sure what those people are going to do, but they're literally paying people for this, which is really good. If you're a holder of this thing, um, like these developers that are like, Oh, we don't have to shill anything. Fuck that. What happens in crypto is nobody knows you have a project and it just dissipates into nothing. Like Adam suffers from this. Like there's nobody talking about it. So guess what? It doesn't go up as much as it ought to, even though it's really interesting tech or interesting, um, you know, interchain money or whatever you want to call the damn thing. Bottom line is there's almost nobody talking about it. There's no YouTube videos, no nothing. So the thing is, which is great if you're trying to buy the bottom, you don't want something that's like pumped to, to high heaven. On the other hand, you want someone to pump it eventually. Otherwise, who the hell is going to know about your your bags and who's going to buy your bags? So, yeah, I mean, attracting new investors is like a process. And um, whichever blockchains or teams or communities do that better, you're going to attract a lot more people. Um, obviously a good product helps too, but shit, like even a good product that nobody knows about. I mean, I'm, I'm sure out of the thousands of millions of PlayStation games, there's probably some cool shit out there that nobody's ever heard of. You know, like the only reason you didn't play it was because, and it would probably suit your personality. Great. The only problem is you never heard of it. Uh, tech that is created and people spend millions of man hours making and you don't actually use it is useless tech. So it's like, I think it's bullish when, um, you see communities active on Twitter. Um, I know like someone was saying, Hey, where did all the Kuji community go? Like where, what happened to them? I mean, people get bored. Basically they're like, either they run out of money, money, uh, the price is going down. So they're bored or there's not enough shit to do on the blockchain. So there's not enough like alpha to be spreading and they're bored. And so things kind of like go sideways for long periods of time. And then, of course, like when eventually price hits bottom, the price turns upwards and it starts going up. Everyone's gets excited again. People like start talking about every fucking project in the sun. They're researching the, you know, everything. And then they're like jumping in. So there's this tendency certainly to buy when the price is going up. 
And when people, the price is going down, everyone's in the doldrums. And like, even if you hold a Twitter space, it's like, oh, you're just holding a coping space or some shit. Um, which <laughs> to some extent, that's what they are. But like bear market um, Twitter spaces are fun because everyone's just sort of chilling and not worrying about the price action and stuff like that. But Drew, how you been? What are you up to? Sitting here late at work. Oh, surprisingly, uh, a lot of a lot of pre-approvals coming in. So. Yeah, I had a pretty late work yeah. today too. I, I just got home. Yeah, I picked, mean, your hours are all picked over up the some place, Italian though. food, and yeah, today was a long day. It's like twelve hours. Yeah, man. I yeah, uh, I'm going through all all the emotional battles of the, the crypto market. Um, it's like every other week, I, I have. Uh, like a different perspective. Like one one week, I'll want to hold you know a higher <laughs> percentage in my portfolio, and then the next week, I, I want it to be, you know, Zeph and and uh, um, you know, Microcock, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Um, I'm just not sure, man. So so you know, given the anonymity, it's a little easier to to you know talk about all the stupid shit I do. But but my portfolio. Um, Got about an equivalent amount of Zeph as I do Chainlink, so mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about stupid. <laughs> Mine's pretty. Um, I have a lot of Zeph too. So I've been buying pretty heavy on the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Every time yeah. it dips, I mean, my my average buy price is around twenty one bucks right now. Though. Yeah, I'm probably similar. Yeah, I, I mean, for yeah. first buy was at nineteen. Um, I was going to buy it around fourteen when I. It's actually the first time I ever heard any of your spaces was was one of the Zeph, the early Zeph shills. Oh, um, but uh, I first got some at six, but I bought all the way from like yeah. thirty down to current price, so it's like the average is probably twenty or some shit now. Yeah, something like that. But I put a lot more. I put a lot more in over time. But you know, here's the thing: like indirectly, what are you doing when you buy proof of work coins or proof of stake? What you're doing partly is you are you are financing the actual system in a way yeah. right because miners are selling and they're, they're they're making money off your money and um even in proof of stake it's like inflation is doing what's paying the, the rewards to the the validators and stuff right so no matter which system you're in that inflation is you basically paying for the expenses of the network and the growth of the network and the idea is that if that happens then eventually number goes up because more people are in the network and yes it's ponzi-ish in that like more people have to join up for their number to go up. But inevitably, if a system is useful, more people will join up because they like the utility of the thing and want to use it. So yeah, what no, we no don't, doubt, which right. you don't really know is how many new people are going to come to buy. You never really know that for sure. And, and when they're going to show up. That's exactly why that's exactly why I just joined up here. I'm mm-hmm. hoping you can alleviate some of that fear. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's just like in, in crypto space, it's like, yeah, this is the cope space, basically. Like, oh, yeah. When number when number up. goes down, you're, you're always just looking for like someone to tell you everything's going to be OK. I mean, that's that's what it is. It's like people will go on Twitter and they'll blame the devs for number go down. They will go on Google and see who's like talking about their particular coin and they'll do it like it's funny because like it's it's a joke but it's like you you're always look you're doing your research when the number goes down because when it was going up you didn't give a shit because like it's always like well if as long as my number goes up and getting rich it's all good nobody cares yeah like, who, nobody gives a shit what the project does when number goes up but when you become a bit of a bag holder you're like ooh, okay i might the number's gone down is there any reason to believe that it's going to keep going down if so what am i going to do about it blah 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 
And, you know, are those future buyers going to come? Is the whole thing going to zero? Like what, what is actually happening? Well, yeah, you, you see, that's the to... thing. Zeph is a pretty active project, right? Like their, their oh, yeah, roadmap yeah. looks great. I mean, even with all this, the the price dropping, like the the, the swap is coming, you know, they, they've got all these. Yeah, these but remember, remember, on. the simple thing to remember here is with these market caps is the actual liquidity, the actual exit liquidity is really only about. 10% of the market cap or less, maybe 5%. So when you see like a $100 million market cap, um, that doesn't mean shit. It just means during like the bidding process, it just arbitrarily looks high. Because like a bunch of people like bid it up and then sort of market makers sort of like are riding that wave down. So notice how everything takes the elevator up and takes the, um, I'm sorry, takes the, yeah. When, when you have the impulse move, it just jacks up really quickly, but then it bleeds out slowly. It's like, this is a pretty, it's like elevator upstairs down type of thing. Unless it's yeah, a pure I, company. Yeah, I've learned now. that lesson, right? So, so yeah. with all these, these new releases, I, I, I just, I tend to wait for a couple of weeks and see what the price action looks like. And it's pretty consistently yeah. like that. I got burned on Arbitrum when it came out. Um, you know, that fiasco, I mean, let's I face it. Like when I bought Zeph for the first time at six bucks, I bought the top. And yeah. yeah. At that did, time, it its market cap was like well. 15 mil. I, or it was only like market cap was like 10 mil at the time. I didn't know it was going to go up quickly, by the way. I have no idea. I was like, okay, I'll buy it. If it dumps big time, I'll buy some more. And then it suddenly ran up because like, it just had this like run for whatever reason. So it's like, I figured like that run was luck either way. And it wouldn't like at some level, it wouldn't be sustainable and pull back. Right. We didn't know what that level would be and whatnot. But early proof of work things are highly, highly volatile. Just go back to early BTC, go to early Monero, go to any coin. It's like outlandishly volatile. And so the hope is that essentially over a bull market, if you remain, especially in the top 1000, what usually happens is, is buyers start to emerge slowly and what you want is a lot of little bitty bu bar buyers you don't want necessarily a whale buying all of it you want people yeah, to continuously fine, pick up the that, supply forgive me for interrupting Seth, mm -hmm. but that that brings me to my exact concern with Seth, mm -hmm. right and i i voiced it before and i actually in your comments the other day i, I was arguing against this kind of fud but sometimes it creeps in there right so the fat f is really cracking down on privacy tokens. So CoinX had their announcement the other day that you have to have um, KYC in order to move any mm. privacy tokens in or out of the exchange. Um, it seems to be the trend. Obviously, MEXC hasn't done it yet. But the concern is, right? Um, yeah, it makes it harder uh, to get it. Exactly. So, so yeah, if, sure. and I was, I was talking about the decks the last time I brought this up saying, Hey, that would alleviate a ton of this. But in truth, you know, people like, like us who've been around for several cycles using a dex is nothing, but you know, my, my older brother, right. but the new, the um, newbie needs a central exchange. Is what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. and, and, and not only do they need a centralized exchange, but they need to not be on a VPN or using proton mail to log into MEXC or Bybit. You know, sure. they, they need uh, they need an onshore U.S. exchange like Coinbase or Kraken. And I think Kraken's the only the only exchange now in the U.S. that lists any privacy tokens. Um, I'm just wondering if 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 Kraken you know, does, too. Yeah. Yeah. Kra yeah. They're the only one. Kraken. That's Coinbase it. has had Zcash for a long time. I don't know if they still do. Have they? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they probably. Oh, don't. I, I'm sure they did, because like I used to get it on there. Uh, I mean, they had XMR for a little while. 
Let me see here. Still has. Yeah, they had a, they had XMR in 2021, but it's that's that's way gone. So the concern is right. Like I can see it getting to a billion market cap if it's on several like if yeah. it's on several decentralized it, exchanges. But if it's not on any mainstream, I mean, it, can it? Is it possible for it to realize its its potential, which is you know a multiple right. billion dollar market cap? I don't know. Yeah, again, don't know. Um, hard to really tell. And and even Monero. Like it was around since like 2014. Yeah. I mean, the price dragged like, you know, for about a year and a half, didn't go anywhere until the bull run of 2017, 2016, 2017 for BTC. And then it pumped. So the thing is, like, if you get a giga bull run, remember, everything pumps, no matter where it is, no matter what you think the narratives is, nobody gives a fuck about any of that. The only thing anyone watches is, hey, has this one pumped yet? Oh, no, I'm going to go buy that one. It's small market cap. Like literally nobody cares what it does, what the purpose of the project is. None of that shit. The most worthless projects on the planet during last bull run went up. Like literally right. everything. But at that point, it's just the, the ex, you know, the accessibility of, of the token. Yeah. Well, not necessarily. No, like you would think that. But then like every random like goofy ass Dex token and junk that is on every random fringe exchange also went up. So like literally everything went up. It was just kind of like money just found its way to every nook and cranny of crypto space, like whatever it's, yeah, it's funny to watch it happen. Like it's, yeah. So this is the thing, like uh, I wouldn't get too worried about any particular coin or project in that respect. It's like, um, but yeah, is, is it gonna, is it like, is privacy coins going to be facing some gravity as far as like new entrants? It's possible. Um, But at the same time, like the, the decks that's being created, um both the one for like sarai and the one that's um this team is creating apparently is working on yeah that could be really really like zephyr swap whatever that could be really really helpful because then it just alleviates dramatically at least the concern that hey like you know i I can't get on board on here if x y and z exchange closed or something and you want to make sure you want to hope that like those become get fairly deep liquidity essentially too so you can enter and exit at your leisure right how, how would they even get that liquidity i mean it, it wouldn't it have to be donated by the the team I, I exactly well that's the issue right like where is that coming it's from i'm not sure work. yeah yeah but, not, well yeah i'm not sure like what the well the team has tokens right they have like a half million of, of them so that's where they're going to use these they're going to deploy them to provide liquidity and um hopefully like they are hopefully the team is one of the folks that sold at the top because that means exactly. that they got money and they can take that and pair it with the, with the, uh, you know, Zephyr tokens they already have, and they can go and like pair it with Bitcoin or whatever else. Right. Yeah. And then stick it on there for like, as an AMM type of thing. I don't even know what the structure of that DEX is going to be. Like, I don't know if it's like a third chain fork. Yeah, I don't me, know. What me neither. Well, that'd be amazing if it, if it were, but I feel like that's, I guess Thorchain is pretty, pretty simple in it's, it's language, isn't it? So. No, Thorchain's a pretty complicated like is system. Okay. But the thing yeah. is, now all you have to do is copy paste it, right? Because it's like it's open source. Jesus. So, yeah. so what's it called? Um, Maya Protocol, which is the Cacao yep. token, I think, yep. or whatever. Cacao Maya. I don't know which one's a token, which one's it's a, it's a fork. Yep. But that's a fork, a friendly fork, and they just simply copy pasted the thing, and then um, you know you'd have to update something like that for privacy coins, which. Um, has not been. Yeah, man. I, I wish I wish Sarai were a copy paste to Thorchain. That that'd be awesome. But 
I mean, at, at least the fact that they're going to have Monero on there. You know, I'm not so. sure what 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 Sarai's tech is based on. Like, are they starting from scratch? Yeah. The it, problem with starting from scratch cool. is like you, it's hard to be a liquidity provider because these things are complicated, and you yeah. can wind up with like a hack or some vulnerability. So Thorchain had several hacks over the past years, uh, or like exploits or whatever, not hacks, but basically uh, leading to them repairing those things and getting back on their feet. Right. So battle tested uh, code is really important. Yeah. So yeah, battle tested code is really important, and and I think like time is the only way to get that. And um, so yeah, so Zephyr is one of those like a bit more of a longer term. It's like first off, all of these things. Like you're really talking about a two-year bull market assumption. You're talking about all of 2014 has to go by with happening and everything else. By then, like maybe things start going up, and then you get maybe a bunch of retail shows up by 2015. Maybe oh, they do. Maybe you're, you're about ten years behind. <laughs> What's that? So you're about ten years behind there, man. 2015. I'm sorry, 2025. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. But the, the you, but like the the thing is like by the time you get the um the but by the time you get the the crowd, you know, and by the time people are just aping into everything, um, for for that to happen, you're basically talking about some time to pass. You're really talking about a year, year and a half. So like whatever you're gonna stand to make in the altcoin space in terms of like the pump or whatever you're talking about a couple of years waiting time really. And at least we have like the stock market in the green and like, um, you know, when, when the stock market is doing well, people tend to go more to risk on assets at that point when everyone's like dirt poor, then they're like, Ooh, I can't be risking this, you know, my incoming cash on random shit coins or whatever. So they're gonna have a tendency not to go into those risk off assets at that point. And the timing's so, a little weird, so all-time high with the S&P, right? But then yeah. we have uh, the, the, the grayscale FUD, and wondering how long that's going to last. I mean, maybe maybe all the way into the halving? You know, how, how long do you mm-hmm. think that sell-off is going to... It's really simple. Like, the, the, that FUD will keep going until either grayscale's ETF is, like, mostly empty, or you see, like, the drawdowns from grayscale going down substantially, or, like, the price of Bitcoin, like sort of like flattening out. But here's the thing. If you if you look at a chart, like what constitutes a flattening out of price? How long does that take? Right? It takes a long time. You're talking about like to have a chart look half decent takes about nine months. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Nine. Not, not three, Jesus. like nine. <laughs> no, I mean, no. If, if the price jumps immediately, yes, it could happen anytime. Like if a month from now, we're back to 50K BTC. All right, fine. That wouldn't surprise me, by the way, necessarily. It could happen. But at the same time, if you have price go down further from here, let's say it gets down to the 200 day moving average, by the time it forms a full sort of like curve, right? You know, you, you look at a chart and approximate how long that takes. Six to nine months would be pretty normal, right? Just I just pointed out a six month one from May to like, what was it? September or something where, where the price did exactly that, right? It kind of reached a peak. It dragged for like, you know, six months. And then finally, it took about that long to break its previous like local top. And uh, so BTC did that last year. Um, so, yeah, with each of these corrections or dips, like these things time-wise take a lot longer than you think. Like, notice how much of our lives is moving by as this price moves up and down. Like, like 
Oh, it's nine months later. Oh, it's six yeah, months man, later. It's like a, damn a year time and a half. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a pretty substantial time sink. Um, yeah, time, but it flies though. Like you're like, oh shit. Like, you know, I remember, you know, the 2017 top, like it was yesterday, kind of like, and I remember, you know what I mean? Like, and, and so it's like the, the time flies and, and you, you like, you know, and I don't know, it, it seems like it'll be a long time, but then it's like, you just blink and it's gone. What, what, what makes it feel a lot longer is when you keep looking at prices every day. Um, yeah, I got really the nonsense, but uh, the only, the only reason one should look every day is really like, because you intend to buy more. And, um, the interesting thing is like when people are bored and the volume goes down, that's precisely when you should generally be buying because exactly because when the volume when the volumes are at the bottoms like so you'll see these like peaks and valleys on volume charts and when you're at a peak at volume you're almost always like near a local top and then as you kind of drop 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 the further down that goes you know in your head you're thinking wait a minute volume's going down is that because nobody gives a fuck about this project is it because like everyone's forgotten and they've gone home is it because they all ran out of money? Like you, you spin yarns in your head as far as like what it means. And the problem is it doesn't mean shit is what it means. <laughs> and what it means is the best time to buy crypto is at the bottoms of the volumes. Like look at a pull up chain link chart and you'll see what I'm talking about. Every single volume dip was a perfect, like it was a good buy. Like, you know, and we're seeing that like happen sort of consistently interesting interestingly though um with Chainlink in particular volume's actually rising now even though there's a bit of a dip from 17 bucks and it is um it had its lowest volume day on like january the first or something yeah january the i'm sorry december 30th right around that time that three-day period was like the lowest volume and then it started climbing after that and so what's been happening is people have been cycling into link because those people have been putting out tons of videos and shit. So this is why it's sustaining, whereas other stuff is falling. Like Chainlink's held up better than most of the altcoin space right now. It's doing yeah, quite all good. except for uh, all except for the one that I mentioned the other day. Um, which, you know, uh, which one's it? So, yeah. <laughs> what happened? That one? I'm sorry, man. I'm going to keep shilling it. It went. Uh, it's it's been it's sitting up around uh, one cent right now, which is. About like twice as high as what I bought it at. I mean, it's it's mm. seems like yeah. it's pretty resistant to the dip. It didn't dip at all today. So yeah, it's still doing pretty well. Market. It's like one of these hundred million market cap things. Um, yeah, yeah. I heard about it at fifty. Bought between uh, fifty and seventy five, and then yesterday I just bought bought more. It had one little dip, and that was it. Well, I mean, proportionally though, it's not that it wasn't. It was unfazed, like. It depends on what your reference point is, but like it went up to um, a high of, let me see, mm. 1.24 cents or something like that. Hang on, let me get in, into trading view here. Yeah, I'm looking at here. Oh, all time high. Yeah. 13 cents approximately, was, or 1.3 cents was the um, high. And it's now 15% down from the high. So, yeah, you're right. It's not bad from from where it is. But it's but that's not that's after it pumped a little bit. Yeah, and the thing is that pump happened because it, it actually dropped down was, almost to was, nine point. It dropped down to like uh, point nine cents, so it dropped a fair amount. Yeah, 
Yeah, about 25, 30%. Where I, where I loaded up even more here. But uh, yeah, it's still it's still doing its thing, though, is my point. I don't, like, I don't and know, by man, the way, Shido's not to be compared with Chainlink because this is a much smaller market cap deal. So oh, yeah. like you you could like, yeah, you could wind up with like pretty good price action. But the thing is, if it puts in a head and shoulders here, if Shido doesn't run now, <laughs> it's going to dump hard, right? Like, cause it's, it's looking like it too. And now that you mentioned that, holy shit. <laughs> you look at that now, you're like, oh, I don't know. Well, here's the problem with these things. It's always the same. It's like every time you get into that range and you're like, oh, there's a pullback. It doesn't matter what's. Uh, it doesn't matter what chart formation it is. It always looks physically bearish. Like you look at the thing, you're like, oh, fuck. That looks like some sort of reverse head, like a head and shoulders, and it might go down. But I mean, here's the I thing. I didn't realize head and shoulders back on, on like the 8th, and it just took a little tiny dip and went back up. And, and honestly, if you look at its chart going all the way back to October, I mean, this, this really seems to be the trend. It's got... Although, like, although on its second shoulder, it put in a higher low. So it's possible, yeah. that, like, it possible that that's not... So the thing is, these always look sort of questionable until they're not. Meaning if they run, you're like, okay, fuck it, I was right. If it drops, you're going to look back and go, fuck it. I knew I should have, you know, it looked like bearish. <laughs> so it, these things always like, they're not predictive. Like you think they would be, but not always. And sometimes the right thing to do is just stick to the conviction, especially if it's a low market cap thing and you're happy with your position or whatever. And in and, and hell, if it drops and if it takes like, I don't know, let's say it takes six months for it to recover whatever you just have to live with that right because the two possibilities like look at shido's chart the two possibilities are one is it takes a dump to like you know and it loses 50 percent of its value or something and yeah, then it goes sideways for, that's right. it goes sideways for six to nine months as it as it reaches its high again yeah runs immediately right like one of the two and if it runs immediately it's, you're going to be pissed you're like what did i do like you know <laughs> On the other hand, if it dumps, you're going to be like, oh, here we go again. I, I'm a community member. I'm waiting nine months, right? Yeah. So, like, yep. you just have to decide, like, what your time horizon is because you, you're not going to be right every time either way. So it's kind of one of those things. The time horizon is, is like you said, two years here. So, yeah, you have yeah, to, like, I mean, this is to really ride these things out, you, you have to have, like, a two-year horizon almost because, like, how else can you do it? Yeah, it's difficult with some of these low market caps, though, because you, you just, you know, you, you, you never know what, uh, I mean, this isn't vaporware, but, but you know, some of the micro caps, some of the small caps, micro caps, I mean, it could just be a, a total load of bullshit, you know, and you just threw your money away, so. Yeah, um, man, there's no, there's no guarantee of success of any of these things. Like, I don't even know what Shido does. What does it do? Do you know? It's, it's. Uh, it's a layer one. It's on ETH right now, but they're launching their their mainnet here in a couple of days. So it's it's actually a Cosmos layer one. Um, that's uh, EVM, IBC, and Cosmosm compatible. Um, they've got a whole bunch of you know, DeFi stuff on there. Honestly, you should you should take a look at the website. I'm sure your five minutes of research would do a lot better than my explanation. But uh, no, it, it looks pretty solid. It's extremely fast. Um, she does a. It's, it's she, she does like a. It's a. Um, like on ETH or is it like what? It's, uh, there, it's it's on Cosmos. It's a Cosmos Layer One, but right now it looks like it's an ETH contract. It's, it to be says honest, ETH, totally ETH sure ecosystem, works. unless it's like a, unless it's like an EVM compatible 
cosmos chain That's of some kind. Exactly what it is. It's an it's an EVM compat compatible cosmos. So it's basically it's like it's like Matic, basically. Like it's like I'm sorry, it's like Polygon, uh, basically, is what that is. Yeah, I, I guess new Polygon. Yeah, it's like right. new Polygon. Um, it's like Polygon two, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, it's a little faster. I, I mean, people have been talking about it like it's in the image of of say. Mm. Um, so could be good. Yeah, you know, and, and it, its price action seems to follow say, but like exponentially. So yeah, and it's only come out relatively recently, so it's had a pretty good run. You know, through yeah, the last October, really and, since January, it's had a good run. Yeah, and and it was a fair launch too, right? So I'm I'm all about fair launch. So Cubic, still not totally sure on that one. Zeph, Shido, all fair fair launch tokens. So, but I'll do a little little more research on it tonight, and next time I'm I'm in the space, I'll give you a better TLDR of how it works. But yeah, yeah man. Hoping for this one. I mean, this ends up being a you know a couple billion market cap is a decent layer one. I mean, that's a huge pump, right? So, yeah. I mean, it's, if you have like a if you have a, a bullish theory for the next couple of years, then then all is well. And that's always the thing. Like every time one of these pullbacks happens, you you everyone questions. Wait a minute, is the bull market over? Was is there not going to be a bull market? Like is like, having you know whatever meaningless is just a meme blah 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 right like people have this discussion every single cycle and yet like the gamblers always return for the same like the same activity again and again and then like you know the argument's always like oh this is going to be la this is the last cycle or some shit or some some silly shit like that were, were they saying that the last time around because <laughs> i've heard a lot of people saying it this time around so you know People, there was all sorts of fud every time. It was just meaningless noise. Um, what we do know is that, like, if you look at the market cap of of crypto at large, right, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger with every new higher low of this of each cycle. So, and the number of developers, the number of projects and stuff keeps climbing. Um, there's really little indication that like people are just going to disappear from this necessarily. I don't know. Um, yeah, there's there's no way. I'm just wondering how it's going to change with trad, you know, tradfi involved. It's uh... well, that's and that's the reason I have like I bought a chocolate of Chainlink. Basically, if you just look at where this is going, you say to yourself, okay, like we're we're getting close to the point where hold up a second, let me plug in my laptop here. Um, we're getting close to the point where like. Um, the, the, to bring lots of new capital, we need to have like certain new things happen. The ETF thing has played out, and and now we need to have, um, you know, new money come in. How do we do that? Like, you got to connect to banks and other things directly, and that's I think where like, if you believe in the crypto thesis, then you automatically have to believe in sort of like the chain link thesis at this point, because nobody else has gone so far as they have in terms of building out an ecosystem. Um, the XRP people think, seem to think that Ripple's doing amazing things. I don't know, like they, they don't yeah. seem to be creating any kind of value for the token. But um, you know, so they're doing a, some tradfi things, and I'm not sure how far they're going to go. I'm not going to say anything too negative about them, just because we don't know. Um, Ripple has always been kind of a meme to me, you know, ever since the the early narrative that it was like the next ETH. 
back in what 2017 i mean just i don't know i i guess i have uh a bias against it with no reason and i always have but yeah well the bias came because like they were sort of like this tradfi coin of some kind in the midst of like a bunch of cypherpunks and it was kind of like it was not the ethos of you know the anarcho-capitalist sort of movement and such so it's kind of like yeah that's kind of the story uh you know i think that's that's why i was sort of shied away i soured to it and shied away from it or whatever but that's the funny thing is like but look at its funny fucking market cap it's like what like why is it so high who's buying this thing and what the hell is going on here and that just goes to show you that you don't have to you can be total vaporware and it's all about having a shill cartel um so it's not like is your tech great or not it's how many people are talking about that tech that oftentimes matters and um so for smaller caps right now the big issue is always going to be like can you build a cartel of shillers to talk yeah, about we, whatever coin we, we it is work on this zef cartel for sure man. and and the but the yeah. but the reality is you don't know for sure right like you like maybe you have some big time you know crypto dorks become really involved and somehow like it, it resonates with them and they start talking about it or maybe that doesn't happen who the hell knows right like you, you don't really know so the virality of things these things are very hard to predict that's why it's super super speculative um always regardless of whether you enjoy the project or think it's a good idea or anything it's like and uh, like the more like the hardcore the community is in terms of people that bought in early um that are willing to talk about the pro- just think about this we like imagine uh zephyr's at 200 dollars, right and and your bags are looking good um you know like you will have no problem at that point talking about how good the project is right but when the price is going down it's absolute um like oh my god is this thing good maybe no one's going to care about it maybe i'm just the moron that bought it like this is the this is the mentality we get into yeah and this is true of every some world of warcraft guy sitting in his garage right like yeah yeah copy pasting monero (laughs) exactly like the the, the immediate exactly like this is always how the the thought process goes it's like when numbers going down it's like the only thing you're trying to do is cope and figure out wait what 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 could possibly have gone wrong what did the devs do maybe they didn't show it enough or maybe they should have done this or maybe they should have had more youtube videos or who the fuck knows and then you come up with every reason why it should have done whatever and slowly what happens is the 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 new crop of bag holders say hey wait a minute like we've got to make sure this thing goes up and the more people that buy at the bottom the better because all those people become the new series of like shillers and whatever and as price tries starts to trickle up you'll notice everyone just starts to freak out again gets excited about their bags and starts talking about them until then like everyone disappears like oh like you know what happened to zephyr what happened to whatever coin everyone literally disappears i mean, I mean just look at something like a gigantic project like Chainlink. um how many people were talking about Chainlink for the last year and a half while i was holding my bag very few i would say like until the recent conference and like all these ccip integrations and stuff like and there's some of those integrations are happening on testnet over like the summer of last summer but did i hear about them no i was a bag holder in this thing but i heard almost nothing because i wasn't paying attention i wasn't going to youtube whatever and as things start getting bullish again what, what do you end up doing oh let's go do some research let's go see what happened over here let's go see what's happened over here and i bought a bigger bag now than i like not bigger but like i, I bought more 
now, even though like I could have bought the bear market low at higher levels. So there's an interesting phenomenon that happens that even the stuff that you buy, your conviction and your belief in them becomes like bolstered by the number go up phenomenon. It's psychologically super interesting. Like it happens to me. It happens to everybody, I think. Yeah, it does. I was actually pretty negative about uh, Link um, <laughs> over the last year, year and a half, just because I, I lost a ton of money on it in the second run uh-huh. uh, Yeah, last cycle. So, you know, it's sitting there on my watch list, right? Because I like, like, like what did you what did you pay for it and what did it drop to? Like what happened? I bought it around. 2023 something like that and and then it 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 jumped up a bit um started to come down i bought some more um probably around high 20s and -hmm. then it just kept going down just kept going down kept going down kept kept going down and it tease you a little bit when everything else drops a ton the the thing i noticed about link is it always it always outperforms when things are bearish you know Yeah. Interesting Um, thing is like, yeah. And I don't know if that's a true phenomenon or whether that's just coincidence too. But like when I remember like the first time I noticed link was when it ran to 20 and like I picked it up probably at around, um, it, it dropped down to like seven and it picked back up to maybe 10 ish. And like, so I started getting in around 10 last season and then like, it started to run and it, and it made it back to 16 bucks chart was looking really good. I was like, Ooh, this could break high. This looks really solid. So guess what? You, you buy some at 16 thinking, okay, this might make a run. And then what does it do? It putzes around a little bit and then it takes another dump. Not a member of BTC dumped or what the fuck happened, but the point is it dumps to like $8. And so it has another little capitulation move around, you know, December of 2020. Um, and then like from there, it eventually keeps climbing and then it breaks its high of 20 bucks. So definitely like, you know, like easy to get shaken out during those moves. Because if you bought a heavy bag at 16 or 12 and the thing drops back to 7.9, guess what? You're like, what the fuck's wrong with this project? What's going on here? Is it is it going to go up again? Is it going to dump into oblivion? Right. Because like the thing had already run from like, I don't know, sub one dollar in 2019 all the way to 20, some 20 bucks. Right. And then like. All the meanwhile, you have YouTubers claiming it's going to go to $100, right? You've seen these, you know, like meme meme YouTube channels or whatever. Oh, oh yeah. You link to 100. This is why it's going to go to 100, blah, blah, blah. And the lower, why it's going to go to 1,000. I right? watch those every day, by the way. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really important to watch those. Um, get your ass pumped up, right? Uh-huh. Like, no, but, but, the, but when you have these sort of targets in your head and you're like, oh, fuck, now we're back at seven. It just seems farther and farther away, right? Like, the, and then... When it rips, like, so when Link, you know, in December um, started down at like, again, it was like $8, $7, something like that. It rips to like, it just keeps going up, up and away all the way to $36. You're like, fuck, right? You're going to miss that move. Um, so, yeah, you you just have to kind of like maintain um, conviction. And it's really hard to do, especially because these things run so much, right? You're like, it, it already ran from like 50 cents to $20. Like, am I just the moron, like, you know, buying the top here and this thing's going to dump into oblivion? How that's much are been, people going to... That's been my whole theme this entire run so far. Everything yeah. that I've seen that's... It's that's always like this. Four, five, ten X. It's like, nope, my, my point is, My point is, in going. 2020, before the bull run, the exact same 
psychology was going on exactly <laughs> the same you'd go on a link forum or whatever and they're like oh this fucking thing is nonsense it's just gonna dump and it's gonna underperform it's gonna do yada 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 and then it, and then it runs to like 53 dollars right as the next following year comes along um but yeah like if you were in um you know it, or like it, it, al- it almost makes me want to just stick to like trying to predict narratives right so if if ai is like if it's you know sort of putzed out uh, what's what's the next one for for 2025? You know, what's is it is it the gaming narrative? Because that's had a huge pump over the last three months. You know, I I don't know. Um, is it going to be DeFi again? Because there's there's been a lot of regulation against that. Um, doesn't seem like people are really that interested in staking like they were in in you know 2020. So. Um, I'm I'm not sure. I'm I guess I guess at this point though I'm I'm trying more to just look for narratives instead of instead of marrying a particular project even though I'm completely married to Link and Zeth at this point. You know. But uh we'll see. Looking for more information on Sarai decks, but these guys they hardly ever post. I guess I have to join their Discord. Been looking for updates, but they post like once every couple of weeks. Sorry, I had a and that's uh, disconnect for a second. What did you just say? I think <laughs> a little. I said I'm, I'm looking for more updates on Sarai. Oh Dex, yeah, but these guys post like every couple of weeks. No idea. I don't go. I don't I follow all these discords and shit, so I'm not sure. Yeah, me neither. So that's that's why I'm thinking maybe maybe I need to follow follow their Discord. I'm looking for activity. Probably what we need to do is like everyone in here needs to follow like one Discord of some shit to kind of have alpha for different <laughs> things. Because it's impossible for everyone yeah. to like follow everything. Like, if we could organize like that, that'd be awesome. Because Discord's man. a fucking mess, right? In like a five minute update. Right? Yeah, like yeah, one person who's following Discord, one Discord channel that. can figure out what the fuck's going on and then tell everyone else quickly <laughs> the TLDR, you know? Because like, you, yeah, it's very hard to like keep track you'll get notifications out the ass i had work all day i don't have time to watch that shit yeah exactly look man i, I put in <laughs> 10 plus hours a day there's no way yeah, exactly you know it's like uh so but anyway um no what i was saying was yeah you were asking about you were talking about like what's the narrative going to be and i think like um like people are looking for the next large sort of money thing that's going to show up like where's the new cash coming from and yeah. the the new like the ETF is one piece of that, but like you know ETF related buys are going to take a year or two as people slowly pick up more ETF shares and drive up BTC price. So I, I think that is bullet for BTC yeah. long run. I mean, people like talk nonsense about it, but like it's you know it's it's pl- it's a plus. It's not a negative. Oh, it sure. is. It's going to be sitting in people's retirement funds. Uh, it's not going it- to shouldn't in theory lose 85 percent of its value like it always does at the end of this next bull run it should it should settle somewhere yeah it's gonna in the, well, the dips are gonna be a bunch shallower and shallower as the years go by and, and it gets boring. exactly right but um so yeah it's definitely bullish but as far as narratives like everybody keeps talking about real world asset i don't see how that could be anything on a public blockchain that just doesn't make any sense to me and, and i feel the, like the other funny thing like, is by the way um well, no, there are certain parts of the the real world assets that that can be tokenized, but a lot of factors have to be external. But that aside, like the recent Bitcoin pump, you know, like from 40K to 50K, that whole 10K move was just speculative noise. That was just simply like leverage on leverage. And yeah. it's not a and, surprise and that we dropped from 50 to so. 40. That, that, in fact, I don't even think that would be the sell the news. Like literally like 
40 K was the correct level. 50 K was just an Uber pump. And I don't think any spot buyers have just suddenly disappeared because the price dipped a little bit. I just don't think that's the case. So I think we're fine. Like I, I don't see any major problems with BTC or anything. Oh, I, I agree. I agree. Maybe, maybe we go down to the next shelf at like, what, what is it? 36.5? Yeah. The, the next uh, fib for it is like 32.8 on mine. Um, if, yeah, if you use the 15,600 15, as a low and then 69K as a high and you do retracement, it comes out to about like, is it 50K and then 39K and 32-ish is where the levels are for FIB. So anyway, whatever the case may be, the, the point is whatever it drops to um, or doesn't, like the, the probability you'll find buyers again at around probably 32 is pretty high. So if so, are people going to front run that and just go ahead and ape in? Maybe. Are, do people that are buying the ETFs, here's the other thing, do they give a really flying fuck what BTC is worth? I mean, think about it. Like, when no. these people that are buying the ETFs, no. they're, it's not even tracking with the same price action. A lot of people probably go, "Oh, I'm going to get a little bit of this," and they just buy it. They yeah, don't they're, care. They're they're, hold, they're holding on for the the twenty thirty numbers that they hear, like Kathy Wood talking about. Yeah, you know? or whatever. They're they're going to buy, and that's and what I mean. That's, that's why it's not going to have that valley at the end of the bull run. So yeah, I, I mean, yeah, you you have some good support. You probably have some OGs front running it. Um, some retard. I, I mean, I, Oh, there's some retard that's like, oh, all the normies came and bought BTC at like 50K now because the ETF opened <laughs> and now it dumped. And like, I'm like, dude, nobody fucking nobody bought didn't. that. Like, <laughs> no, almost nobody bought that. Like, <laughs> I, I, I get derided at work for, for doing crypto shit. <laughs> like 0.1% of people in BTC yeah, no came way. in that day. Get out of here. Like the number oh, of people God, that yeah. bought that top were like just nominal. Like... You know, like you could you could buy a top like that in the stock market. It was way larger size on any given day and and, and be down the same way. It's like it's literally meaningless, like nonsense. So we're, anyway, we're, but like we're these, a year away. What's that? I said we're, we're a year away from having having normal people, you know, emotionally yeah. ready to, to to jump back in. Either way, like the bottom line is like people will get their ETF shares and they'll get them over time. And that will that will have an effect over years. And it will bolster the price action of whatever future bull run we're going to have. But that narrative, like whatever that is, like, okay, that played out, it's come to fruition. Whatever is priced in is, or whatever is deterministic, who cares? Like all that will be plus positive for the next couple of years. Now, the thing is like, okay, beyond that, what's next? It's like, okay, well, this is the real world asset argument. And the problem with RWA argument is besides the fact of, like you mentioned, it's like how much of it's actually workable. Um, the, 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 the narrative part of it is like, there's definitely people saying RWA, 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 they're doing it over and over again. And they're like shilling some random small chains or whatever. And some of those will probably pump and, you know, link and some others that do that will probably go up. But if you look at like, who is actually, um, like making any progress in this regard, um, probably Chainlink's the ones going to make the yep. most progress. Bingo. So, See, it's it, RWAs are going to be on a, a private blockchain. It's going, it, you know, exactly institutional access, and it's all going to be linked together with with CCIP and oracles through Chainlink. Like, there, there's no way they're going to have it on a public network, right? They they don't want yeah. other players in the game to see what their strategy is and what they're doing. It it just doesn't make it doesn't make any sense to me that it would be completely public unless there is like you know, some, some layer for, for anonymity, um, you know. So you could, you could argue the first real world asset that was brought on chain was electricity. And that was with Bitcoin. 
The second uh, <laughs> real world asset that was brought on chain would be the dollar, which, you know, the tether and circle are most yep. famous for. Um, and then next is like commodities that are tied to crypto. So Paxos G, which is like Paxos is the, the gold backed coin is Pax yep. G, I believe is still uh, the ticker for that. I think it's still around. Let me make sure. It was on KuCoin for the longest time. But like Pax G is what you need to do. I think it's called Pax G. Yeah, here it is. Pax Gold. Um, Pax G is what you would use to like be able to grid bot, say, for example, gold. Mm -hmm. And you can do some really cool stuff with that because you can basically um, bot Pax G, which basically is not going to go to zero in theory because gold against... Um, whatever asset you want. And if you tokenize stocks, it's really cool because you can just basically get grid bot yield forever because you could take like Apple and like pair it against Pax G and fucking ride the thing. So if you have like tokenized stock and you have tokenized uh, commodities like gold, you have tokenized uh, dollars, you can make amazing bots with that with like, and, and if you have it on CCIP, the beauty is you no longer need a like DEX, I mean, you don't need a centralized exchange like KuCoin anymore. The problem has been thus far is like you can't find all these fucking things in one place. So like the last couple of years, and I thought Luna UST would get us there because like we had a stable coin, we had the thing and whatever, right? And you could eventually get some of these things on chain. You had a, enough capital and enough of a team. And now that house of cards fell down. Well, that's where CBDC is going to come in, right? So, yeah, yeah. You know. and, and CBDCs could be used for like similar thing to some extent. Um, like there's nothing preventing them from being used for whatever you want them to use them for. But like, um, but if you have like, uh, so for example, PaxG, which is gold, and you have a grid bot and that versus, I don't know, Kujira tokens, because you want something really volatile. Take some micro cap, pair it with something that's moderately volatile, and then pair it with like, a third pairing, which is a stable coin. And now you have the basis for a really decent grid bot, which would probably make you like, you know, minimum like 20 to 40% yield at a, at a time, like per month or whatever. And it's pretty good, like rate of return. That's and you can, you can do that cool shit when you have CCIP, because with Chainlink, when you connect all this shit in one place, then you have your PaxG in one place that's interoperable with any sort of blockchain that has CCIP. You have USDC, which is CCIC, CCIP compatible. You have other things of value that fluctuate in value that are compatible. And now you can create a bot architecture on a CCIP-based system. And now every asset that's on CCIP is now a possible asset that you can put into a tra trading algorithm. And you can do really nice quantitative trading platforms or yield vaults and shit, and you could just park your money there and just ride to Valhalla with them. Um, so, like, I, I when I see the stuff that Chainlink is putting together, I see like the magic coming. It's like all the crap that you needed to make really cool DeFi and have it secure and not have fucked up fees, right? And because the problem with quantitative trading is, if you do it on Ethereum, the problem was, okay, fine, you could get Pax G on whatever Binance Smart Chain or wherever the fuck it is. The problem is, is that fees were going up, right? Because the, the and then they did layer twos and then the fees for those fucking things went up. The thing about quantitative trading is you have to make a lot of trades. You need those fees to be low, like points, like 0.25% um, per trade fee is or 0.3 and below is potentially profitable. Because if you're doing a 1% delta on each like trade, 
0.3% is a lot of your profit, fucking 30%, right? Like, you know, that's the high amount of each trade. So you need the fee to be low so that you can make all the money in the in the price movement, if that makes sense. And so the, when you have CCIP and you have all these things in one place, the fee is low because now you're, you're not on a blockchain, you're on like a standard fee structure system. Like your fees don't go up exponentially just because of the use of the, the chain increases or use of the system, right? And so now a quantitative trading platform can actually utilize something like CCIP on Chainlink. So I don't know, it looks pretty fucking cool to me. And I, and I like the CCIP NFT transfers as well. Because that makes it so that like um, it makes perfect sense now with Chainlink uh, CCIP that if you're an NFT platform, you probably should incorporate this because like why wouldn't you want to sell your NFTs on every platform you can imagine if you're if you're an end user, right? Or like why wouldn't you want people that have NFTs that they made on Stargaze want to be able to they could sell the exact same NFT on um, like you know OpenSea, but like you know, you're, you're not duplicating them or whatever. So all of these kinds of things like could be cool. And, uh, you know, like NFT pumps and all that were the thing before. And then now we've gone to the ordinals thing and probably that'll get boring after a while. But, um, the real world asset thing, the difference there is that's a narrative that has to play out over many years. And there's always something new coming. And as these banks and stocks and tokenization things, because there's RWA, which is like taking something like a real estate or a car. But then there's just tokenization of securities that are already out there, like DTCC, like in the stock trading stuff. But imagine imagine you had a bot that you could trade PAXG in a grid bot against Apple stock. I mean, like, you know, what, like how sweet would that be? or just like a tokenized version of the SPY. And now you have like, an, you know, a, a, what you can perceive as a safe, like stable, you know, ETF of a, you know, the SPY. And now you're able to trade it against like GLD or something or against PAXG or platinum or some bullshit. Because you just want the volatility and you can make, make the quantitative trades off it, right? So you can make a really good money off something like that if it's built properly. And um, imagine like Forex trading. So, so remember when, when like Forex trading almost became a reality on Terra because it was like the, what's the, what's the protocol called? Vertex was coming out and you could trade all these theoretically like little stable yeah. coins. That was going to be cool. But now with CCIP, the difference is, is like Circle can give you USD, you know, some European CBDCs can give you a Euro or some shit. Now you have the ability to Forex trade if you wanted to, and you could do it on chain. Um, so th these kind of possibilities are really coming with CCIP. Like the thing like looks sexy as fuck as far as like, you know, DeFi yeah, sexy option. as fuck in tw the 2032 bull run. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 2032 but, uh, bull run. <laughs> yeah. Is it going to be like, yeah. How long is that going to take to materialize in terms of price action? Um, the, the narrative and the pump is all about future speculation not the reality right you want price to just way shoot past reality and then you exit and then later the true value of the thing emerges right like like take for example monero um people still use monero it's around whatever but like its highest price was what um just just take a coin as an example here so xlm now uh, maybe it was in the three not xlm uh, uh, xmr right so if you look at like its top, it was at, um, so currently prices, 
um, 2.7 billion market cap with a $149 um, yeah, price it, tag. It, it reached a $9.2 billion market cap. Yeah, all time high was $540. Now, that pump, which happened in like 2018, um, that was six years ago. And the price now is 150 And it never reached that pump level again. Could it get there, you know, over the next, you know, five years? Because it's putting in higher lows every season. I mean, that's uh, kind so of, very it much seems pretty, like that's par for the course for most proof of work coins, though, you know, like. Yeah, but Monero, to be fair, is putting in higher lows. So it's like, if you bought this thing at 54 cents and you're now at $150, you've done pretty fucking well for yourself. Like if you bought this in, so right now, where is Zephyr? It's like 2015 Monero, right? Like it's like, it's like a blip on the radar of nothing. Is it going to run? Maybe, maybe not. But it's like, even if it ran part of the way, you're doing pretty well. Right. So even if Zephyr's example goes only 200 bucks, I think the advantage that it has is that its team isn't doxxed. Right. So if you, if you, and this goes back to the Sarai integration, if if you have a Sarai integration with XMR and, and Zeph, right, because the team is doxxed. If the FATF or the IRS comes knocking, they have to, you know, open up their backdoor channel and, and give them a peek in, right? So maybe you get people who convert their XMR into ZEF on that decentralized exchange because it's yeah, and that, that's, truly that's all who knows, right? Like it's all, it's always good to have connections, and it might pump it, it might not. But no, what I was getting at though with this this XMR comparison was not to get into like back into this Sorry, man. but more like if you look at the speculative multiples they go up way higher than the real world use case the real world use case price of monero is basically 150 dollars like if you look at the last 10 years what did we discover we discovered that monero's like useful market cap is 2.7 billion dollars approximately with a trading volume daily of about 70 million dollars that's the happy place for it this is the level like at the relative lows, right? So that tells you something in that like, that's the true value of Monero. And it took 10 years to figure out what that was. And does it get generate more value over time? Maybe, maybe not, who knows? But the same is true of like the chain link idea. Uh, there will be the gigapump based on whatever real world asset, sort of pie in the sky speculative multiple. And then you'll get the actual valuation, which will be probably like, you know, 10% of that. So like if Chainlink runs to 250 and then eventually dumps back to 25 again, right? Then 25 is really the real value. The rest of it's just speculative noise. I have a hard time believing that 25 is the real value, you know? I, I mean, with, with... But you get my picture. Like if, yeah, if I, pulls, I, I do. Whatever but, that but, pulls back to. Yeah. Like, it it, it, it pulls back, makes me speculate whenever you say that because I'm thinking, you know... About well, look that at lateral ETH. move, right? Well, look at Ethereum. Like its first pump was like, um, like the first mega pump for ETH, and then the mega dump. That dumped like ninety five percent, nine five, like big time dump. Then the second run up, which was last bull run, um, no, was that the third round? I can't remember. Hold on, let me pull up ETH's chart again. But like the thing is, um. What was I trying to point out here? The the pullbacks, like you said, like the higher lows become the pullbacks are not as deep as time goes on. So I actually charted these out. So the first um, run when ETH went to like fourteen hundred dollars, it dumped down to eighty two dollars. 
and it had a 94% retracement in that time. And I was, I was hilarious. Cause I remember like a dude that I was like talking to and he's like, yeah, I'm buying $10 million worth of ETH over here. And I'm like, what? And, uh, okay. And then he, he was buying under a hundred dollar ETH and he's buying 10 million bucks worth. I'm like, what are you, what he's doing? And what he was doing was, is like the thing had retraced 94%, right? Pretty much everyone had been wrecked. Right. And if you, anything traces back 95% and you're not buying it and you're in it for some reason, then what, why are you even in it? Because at that point, everybody's ever owned it is almost wrecked. And so therefore it's up, it's up only after that. Right. So the, it, the buyer, the seller exhaustion essentially is complete. And then ETH runs uh, during that sort of like 2019 bear market rally to 363. It pulls back again to like 85 bucks again, right? During the COVID crash. So yeah. that was, and then it was like, oh, ETH is dead. It's fucked, whatever. Um, nobody believes in it. And at $85, people are like, well, see, here's your speculative shit coin. The Bitcoiners were dumping all over it. They were sort of like pissing all over you if you own this thing. And the whole thing was just hilarious, right? It was like, ETH is stupid. It's nothing, whatever. But like when it pumped back in um, 2018, it was like, oh, it's the future of finance. It's the future of whatever. Smart contracts are the fucking, you know, you know, whatever your, your the phrase is. Like, it's the most amazing thing in the universe. And so on the way up, you definitely get that euphoric, like paradigm shift conversation. And then like at the dump, you know, when ETH double dumped back down to you know, $88, everyone's like, see, I told you so this $300 is bullshit. And like, you know, and then of course, how many people bought ETH at $89? Practically nobody. How do you know? I swear, the, I the, swear the volume there is practically life, I was looking at it at 92.50. Oh, I'm sure you were. grand set aside, ready to buy it. And I bought a bunch of retarded stocks and I, I, I came out positive, but the amount of regret I have thinking about that, that 2020 Oh yeah, um, crash! Oh my God, man! <laughs> oh, you, if you hang around these markets long enough, you'll have a lot of regrets about the things you didn't do. That's just that's just part of this game. Like, yeah, I've, that's I would have sure. had Sefi money, man. <laughs> so like, so what you do is like, um, so but look at this thing. I mean, so it runs up like fifty seven hundred percent from the bottom, and the next dump, which is this last, uh, like, if you argue that that was the the bull run, then after the the COVID dump and everything. Um, this last dump was 82% or 81.5% from the top. So what would happen with ETH next? Well, maybe it will only run to, I don't know, maybe it'll only do like, um, maybe it'll go to $10,000 ETH or $15,000 maybe at most. And that'll be a three X from where it is now. Maybe it reaches trillion market cap or maybe 750 million market cap. And then it's going to do another dump. That next dump might be only 75%. Um, Let's look at BTC, for example. How, what was the retracement this last season? Um, let's see. Well, here. if you factor in for inflation, it's 80%, but it, it was it was 70%. Yeah, that's true. Chart. So Now, if you factor in inflation, it's even worse, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you look at it on that basis, yeah. So BTC dumped from the top something like... Um, I mean, the FUD was a lot, a lot worse this time around, you know? Um, oh, yeah. FTX, I mean, it, that was, it was cataclysmic. You had... You had two major FUD events instead of one. So otherwise I'm, I'm sure it probably would have, you know, would have, yeah, would have there, there was all sorts of exchanges, all sorts of FUD was going on, but yeah, it was a 78% drop this time around. So you could argue that the next ETH dump will be probably around that level, probably 75 to 
Um, and so where is Chainlink in all this? Getting back to the point here. So if you just use that general analysis, you look at ETH, BTC, you look at the speculative multiples, how much they retrace. Um, so let's pull up like Chainlinks. So Chainlink, you could argue, had only one bull run so far. I call that cycle one in, you know, uh, and, and for Chainlink cycle one, its pullback was 90.92%. So technically speaking, it had a lesser pullback than Ethereum did. Ethereum was actually worse, early Ethereum. So is it because like the market's more mature? Is it because people like Chainlink? Who the fuck knows? The point is like, it does its run, gigantic gains from like 50 cents to $50, whatever it is, probably 1,000x or something for some people. It pulls back, does its 90% retracement. And so if you run like, so I kind of calculated based on sort of like, if, if Chainlink doesn't ETH run, it runs to $234 basically, if you look at the same multiples. Can it do that? I, why not? ETH did. And there's nothing dramatically more magical about ETH than what... Um, what Chainlink can possibly do. So like, let's say it runs and it, let's say it runs to 231. Where's it going to dump to based on what I just said about Ethereum and uh, BTC, the next dump would be around 85%. So if you say, okay, the dump from the top, where does that hit at 85%? You would be talking about, let me see here. Um, yeah, about 86% would be, yeah, so, so Chainlink would be dropping down back to around $31. So the, the, the future bear market low, if you reach that high, if you don't get that high, then the low is even lower, right? Because it's like, it's almost like you could, the way you could do it is like, no matter what, you're dropping about 85%, right? Like 80 to 85%, almost for sure. Mm -hmm. Whatever top you get, it's going to be from that top. And so the higher you can pump it, the better for the future higher low. Simple. Like that's the simple way what, to think. About what it. is it from 150, 21? Because uh, I mean, if it lines so, up. So yeah, from 150, if you pull back, because um, yeah, 138, there's like, is like two fib extensions off the top. So that's very, very feasible comparatively. Maybe it doesn't have the network effect of Ethereum. Maybe it doesn't run that much, right? So 150 might be a rational top. And if you pull back 85% from that, you're back down to $21. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So like the, the, the nosedive these things take is quite substantial, which is why like. Funny uh, how that lines up perfectly with the, the previous support. Well, I, I guess it makes perfect sense, right? The, the FIB retracement, you know? Um, yeah. And it's weird because like the FIB levels and these percentages are all tied together because, because crypto follows FIB so closely that those percentage ups and downs are also very similar because they're based on FIBs. It's not, it's not random in some sense. Do you think there's any chance that, that uh, Chainlink comes off ETH someday and, and is its own layer one? I mean, would, I guess maybe that wouldn't make much sense, but I feel like it'd perform a lot better if it were a layer one, you know? Ah, lost in phone call. Now I'm right here. I'm just talking to somebody. Give me a second. There's this principle in like Taoism where it's like the more you fight something, the more like the opposite of what you want, like just inevitably it kind of starts to happen. There's this principle in like Taoism where it's like the more you fight something, the more like the 
opposite of what you want, inevitably it kind of starts to happen. Tripping on the bird app, listening to nerds flap, wondering why the fuck my timeline's so cursed. It's like everybody's holding heavy bags in Web3. That's why they can't fly, they just drowning in the bird bath, fishing for some dry powder. Watch how we ignite the tower, blowing up the bank accounts, forgetting how to fight the power. Y'all don't even realize how deep this shit goes. They preaching open sauce, but don't listen to the code, and now it's mutiny, community uprise. There's no more humility, futility, plus size. Motherfuckers leaking from the wrench down to the bare metal. Which side of the line you bleeding out on when the dust settles? Motherfucking west side shit, needle and noose. Sticking with my armory, Yam, Beto, and Bruce. Repping psychedelic artistry, believing the truth. Like these motherfuckers even need a reason to sue? GM fam. Is it really worth all the fighting? Is it really worth all the drama? And the answer, I think, is a clear no. They started using Zoom, now we finna zoom out Teaching all these plebidites what this game's really all about Little baby bitches when they choose to have fits All you're left with is kibble when you lose all them bits And that kibble's just sawdust, the shit is all rust Not a great look, you're what we call all nuts And I for one did not see that coming Cracking open books, yo, that's a lot of money Meanwhile over here rewiring features More critical thinking, less knee jerk More evolution, less shit Preachers pretending to be teachers Y'all just predatory leeches I mean please, just look at the track record A bunch of VC rap fucks Sucking up the cheddar, the recipe is two steps Rinse and repeat Now we all in your butts And we bring in receipts GM fam, have a seat If you're listening to this, my, my plea to you, you would be like don't have, don't, don't have to take a side on it Just say like, is it really, is it really worth this war of attrition? It might cost cost us a lot lot more than than what can be gained by like fighting this to the better end. And sometimes it's better to just like move on. Ten spaces.